Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. So nothing appears to be stopping inflation. I thought we were on a good track. Have you noticed that even gas is going back up now? I thought that the other day, and I don't keep very good track, we but got, I, ju- I just filled up and I was like, weren't we down under $3 yeah, there we, for a minute? We were about two eighty nine for a hot minute, back up to three twenty, and it's been steadily going up and everything is. It's, it's weird that with all that they've done, they haven't been able to really put the brakes on it, which is crazy. What are the powers that be saying about this? Listen, I am not smart enough. I mean, I I follow a little bit, but I've been trying because of the negative nature of it. I've been trying to stay away from the national news, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, they keep raising interest rates and it appears to be having a minimal effect, but they said it may take time and we may see another rate hike, but... They're hoping, and I hate it when they talk like this, maybe by the end of the year. I'm like, that's not, and then, because there's the. It's January. Well, it it (laughs) always goes back to this for me. It always goes back to this. Just in time for peak driving season, as we get into spring and summer, Mm -hmm. the price will go way back up. Doesn't that sound a little bit. It's a bit suspicious. Right? It's a bit questionable and if you've noticed with groceries although you don't do most of the grocery shopping anymore i do and i can tell you this it's not things aren't looking good there either no well i did shop the other day and i was like astounded by some of the prices of things i read an article just just yesterday uh talking about because i was like when is chicken going to come back down because that was the go-to meat for a lot of people because it was more Mm -hmm. affordable right and by the way it is much healthier for you but they say that it's not just the price of fuel and trucking and feed and all of that other stuff, but we are coming off the worst case of the avian bird flu that mm. we, we've seen. And they say that that also has driven the the price up as well. Has that affected eggs as well? It, it, yeah, it actually, actually, it. They, they did bring that up because, I mean, you were talking about this. Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, and I brought it up because I was like, you know, there was a time when eggs were a f- an affordable and nutritious protein. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, literally, you could get a, a dozen eggs here where we live in southern Minnesota at at Aldi for like sixty nine cents a dozen. Yes. Now they're like now they're between four and five bucks a dozen, which that, is bananas. Yeah, that's like a three or four hundred percent. Rate <laughs> and the the sad thing about that, I was actually talking to a nonprofit director in our community, and she mentioned that eggs were often uh, a staple of folks who are on fixed incomes or lower incomes, and you could get a dozen eggs for less than a dollar, and that was a really nutritious sure. option to feed your family or yourself. The yeah, and now that's not anymore. No. The famous uh, chef Jacques Pepin said that when he and his family in Europe during the 30s, uh, during the Depression, and he was obviously from, he's from France, but he said that was a staple among working class mm-hmm. families. So he 
has a lot of recipes and stuff that revolve around eggs, right? And he and he loves eggs because he grew up eating a lot of them. And there's so much you can do with Th- eggs. There's ton. And, I, lo- I do love And eggs. they are super nutritious and they're good for you. But now they're not they're not cheap anymore. Ugh. Right? Makes me mad. It's it's driving me nuts. So this brings back the discussion. I don't think we've ever had this discussion since we've done our podcast, but uh, we we've done it in years past on the radio, and I I don't I'm, I'm beginning to kind of fall in line a bit, but urban chickens <laughs> having your own chickens because a few chickens can lay enough eggs to feed a family. Yes, right, and you know where your eggs are coming from. Right, you lo- you can you can love your chicken. I, I, I have friends who live in on hobby farms that love their chickens. Listen. But does that make a difference with the egg itself? I would imagine. I can tell you this. The energy of the atmosphere. The reason I've always had an issue with chickens is I grew up in the country and they were a regular thing around. Well, we had them when I was young and they were just, you know, if you live in the country, there's a lot of homes that just have chickens roaming around. Yeah. Right. They they just do (laughs) because they come back to their coop at night all by themselves and they roost and then they, they lay their eggs and stuff in there and. I do I do remember, and I've even purchasing some from local farmers, free-range chickens, the eggs, the yolk is a completely different They're thing. so good. It's darker yellow, and it just, it just tastes different, and the eggs taste different. And you can buy eggs at the farmer's market, and you can get that. Right. Well, there's still, flavor. there are still local, you know, farmers around where I see ads. They're like, hey, you, know, you can still buy a dozen or a couple of dozen fresh eggs, and you can get them, but... I don't, I just, the price point right now is, is kind of ridiculous. It, it does make you entertain the idea I, but, of a chicken. But the reason I don't like them is they are dirty. <laughs> now, if, if you live out in the country and they can roam all over the place and you've got acreage, right? Or if you have a hobby farm or something like that and they can move around, then I understand, but if you're in an urban area and you have, let's say, a yard, you know. It could get a little cooped up, no pun intended. Yeah, and not only that, but you got to keep them reined in. And if you do that, because chickens, just they go everywhere, right? But if you keep a coop in your backyard, you have to keep it clean because chickens, if you don't, they stink. Yeah. Have you ever been in a chicken coop that hasn't been cleaned on a regular basis? So I have never been in a chicken coop. Oh my. I grew up on a farm. Wow. We had beef cattle and hogs. My grandparents had chickens when my dad and his sisters were young. Yeah. And they all four talk about how much they loathed the chickens. I hated them. They hated the chickens. So I think... When they became adults and had families, they were like, we're not having chickens. So I I don't have any experience with chickens. Well, I remember, especially when I was little, when I was around that six, five and six year old range, and my brother at that time was about three, we had a big, mean rooster. And we could not go outside without scoping the area and watching for him. And eventually we got wise and we had these big, and they still have them, these big, fat, plastic baseball bats. And we each had one of those. And that was how we went armed outside because if he was coming 
And they were, he was huge, right? And then they have these big claws, these talons, and they, they jump up and they get the back of Gross. our legs. Yeah, they were just... I, I think that's the complaint that my aunts had was oh. that the rooster would chase them. And, and my dad was always like, we need him, right? Because he protects the coop from a lot of the... Yep. Like weasels and stuff like that. So that was that's why you want him. And he alerts you if there's danger or any, you know, fox, coyotes and all that stuff coming in. So my dad wouldn't off him because we were like, you need to just, we need to have him for for, for dinner. <laughs> need, right? Oh, no. But that is that. And then this, I remember just, they're dirty. I mean, they, they poop all over the yard. And so if you live out in the country, they can get out and it's, they're spread out a lot more. Remind me the law. No urban chickens not, where we live. Not where we are. No. Because okay. I remember it was a pretty hot button issue for it a little is. while. It's and I don't know if it still is or not. Because there are people in town that want to have chickens. And uh, honestly, if everybody could be responsible, I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to it. Because I think with most of the cities that do allow them in city limits... No roosters for obvious reasons, right? Right, because they're noisy. They'd be loud. Yeah, and they're super loud. Mean, and they, and they serve no purpose because unless you're raising chickens for meat, a rooster serves no purpose. If we had chickens, I'm not saying I want chickens. Would they go like down in the ravine and stuff? Yes, if you uh, didn't have it fenced in, one hundred percent. They'd be all over the neighborhood. Oh, people would love that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I. I and I think the rule is with most, again, with the cities that do allow it, I think most of them, you have to get approval from your neighbors. That makes sense. I think that, that if, if they're not on board, they don't, because that's just, to me, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, because if, if chickens are, are first, then. Let's get a goat. Yeah. Get a goat. Clean out the ravine. Get a hog. You know? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> get a... And I am nothing against farm animals. Again, I grew up <laughs> in the country. We had them all the time. But the problem is you have to have the space and the environment for them. Yeah. Right? But one thing you can do, and it's becoming very popular now, is have your own vegetable garden. That was popular amongst, you know, a, a select group of people prior to the pandemic, but I would say the last couple of years, it has literally exploded. A lot of people during the pandemic found themselves with more time on their hands. They were right. at home more. And so they planted gardens or container gardens, whatever they had space for. And now I think just the surgence of the health and wellness movement and people wanting to know where their food came from and controlling, you know, what's in the soil, where they're planting, uh, you're going to see huge interest in vegetable gardening. Yeah, I uh, remember having a conversation prior to the pandemic with Mike Drummer, of course, he and his wife, uh, Julie owned Drummer's Garden Center, which is a fantastic garden center we have here in southern Minnesota in Mankato. But we, we were having that conversation. He was like, what about this next generation? You know, are they going to garden? Is this going to be a thing? Is the horticulture going to be an interest for these kids, right, that are growing up? I think the I think we've answered that question over the past five years. Yes, absolutely. It, 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 and it's and it's becoming more and more of a thing, not just out of necessity, but it's this this movement again, mm -hmm. this more green movement and a healthier eating and knowing where your food is coming from. Yep. Right. 
And if you've ever had vegetables fresh out of your garden, or if you've had the chance to head to a farmer's market like the one we have here in southern Minnesota in the summer, you know that that stuff is way way better than the stuff you will find in a grocery store it's, that's been shipped halfway across the country or from another country or Who how knows? long it's been sitting right. or how long it was on a truck it it's there's so much better yeah and i have big aspirations i know you do well you just received a catalog <laughs> in the mail that you were, were BC, waiting for the bc greenhouse builders limited catalog endless ideas for every gardener because we have a huge uh, furry critter population we do we, forest well, animals we have a ravine lot and we love it right but we do have an abundance of wildlife literally everything from coyotes to fox to possums to raccoons to squirrels to rabbits to uh, an, an endless amount of everything. deer deer right it's just yeah we literally have this whole wildlife refuge that wanders through our backyard and they're wonderful yeah and i love watching them i know some of them are a little bit more uh malicious than others yeah, well. when it comes to uh the bird feeder and the garden so i have this vision of a little black greenhouse obviously the whole thing isn't black it's just the you know yeah what do you call those the aluminum yeah right would be black the frame. Thank you. The frame would be, it's this little black greenhouse and then it's like landscaped all around it and there's sunflowers and then you have your your um, wildflower garden along the ravine and there's bees and there's some melons and pumpkins. Let me ask you this though. All right. Is this an aesthetic? Are you doing this? Because, oh, it's beautiful. I like this, pi this picturesque setting for your for your mental health or are you it's legitimately want to go out there and get dirty no and i want to i want to get dirty and i want to come home from work in the summer and like put on my gardening clothes and take the kids out and get my hands in the dirt and i want to harvest vegetables and have the counter full of like dirty little carrots i love it and big misshapen tomatoes that ripened on the vine right in our yard and they're so delicious they're so delicious and i just want to slice it up and cover it with salt and just eat it like that have you ever had a tomato sandwich yes yeah i love that yeah it's, it's like a southern thing but if you take just fresh tomatoes sliced uh, on with, toast with mayo yes. and salt, uh, and salt and pepper yeah my grandparents both had gardens yeah. and i grew up very close we spent a lot of time with our grandparents and they my are all wonderful gardeners. And so I think I can remember some of the things that they taught me when I was little. And then, you know, there's countless resources on gardening online at garden centers, Sure, you know? Um, so yes, part of it is, I think it's going to be a great way to get the kids excited about vegetables i love it i i agree that that's something that needs to be done and it will be a, again part of this next generation it's a hobby it's outside um it's a lot of things and i do think it's a, a mental health booster as well and yeah i want it to be pretty what <laughs> when, when, when you speak of things that you recall from your grandparents gardens and mm -hmm. things that they taught you what are some of the things that you remember um i i don't i don't remember specifics i just remember how 
everything, you know, would be planted in rows and they would label the rows of what my my grandpa planted everything from a seed. Your mom's dad, your grandpa yes. Heidelbauer is a master gardener. He's an excellent yeah. gardener. So he planted everything from a seed. So he would label the rows and he, I know how to read the seed packet to see like how deep and how far apart and when, when's the best time. And then he had a little chart where he would keep track of what he planted and when so that he could watch for harvest dates. Right. And it would be like, okay, I planted peas on this date. And, um, you know, the seed packet says 180 days or, you know, whatever. And so I, I remember that. I remember like snapping the ends off the green beans when we harvested them and just some of the, the things like how to tell if things are ready. I don't remember a lot of the specifics, but I think some of it might come back to me when I get my hands dirty. It would be good once we get underway to have your grandpa and grandma up. Yes. Oh, they would love that. Yeah, he would love it. If, if we told him what we were doing and how he, you, you, I guarantee you he'd be here. And we spent summers with my grandparents and my grandpa would be out there. He had a big orange tiller and I, in the spring he would go till up his garden and then he would plot out what he was going to plant. And I loved it. I loved to get involved. And it's the cousin of those things you forget, yeah. you know, you get busy, you grow right. up, you get a job and a family. And, but when you stop and intentionally try to remember it, a lot of it comes back. Cause you want to do that. And I'll tell you why this will, you, you work on your vegetable garden because for, for a couple of years now, I've talked about this and this is the summer I'm going to do it. The pollinator garden mm-hmm. is going to happen. And I want to work that into with some uh, hummingbird feeders and other bird feeders as well. But I want a spot, literally, for the birds and the bees. Aww. I do. It's going to yes. be awesome. And, and I've seen people that have done it, and it's fantastic. It's, it's a, they're awesome. And it's important to do stuff like that, right? As we are, hopefully, this 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 new movement is going to be, uh, you know, people who are more concerned and, and looking out for the environment. And I think everything that we've taken in over the last year, like as far as documentaries and just learning more about um, nature, I guess right. I would say, is like an, uh, an overarching term. Um, Mother Earth. Yeah. And just the biodiversity and the fungi and, and all of these things, it just gets me really excited to get out and grow something. Right. Uh, just like be out there and and nurture it and create the right conditions for a seed and I don't know it just and it's a good experience for the kids too I think to so learn too. that and so so they understand and I've right? another no pun intended the pun is totally intended planted the seed with them on like we need to pick out what we're gonna grow and we need to uh, you know get it planned out and map it out and Clara has a lot of questions about like can we grow pineapples and can we. <laughs> She wants to grow a lot of exotic things know, that we cannot yeah, grow yeah, here. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I, I think it's going to be. Well, the reason we're bringing this up is I know it's only the middle of January, but I know a lot of people, I think starting next month, don't don't they? And in, yes. and in March, get seedlings going. I got a book from the library that's like the beginner's guide to growing vegetables. And it has a month by month plan of what you should be doing. Um to get your garden ready and then post growing season, what you should do. Um, and January and February are planning months where you're plotting, you're looking at what you want. One of the big tips is like actually grow what you actually eat. 
which is a good tip. Right. It's easy probably to get very excited and get a lot of seeds and yeah. then end up with kind of a mess. So, um, but yeah, January and February planning months. I, I, we have to do this and we're going to, again, I doing what I did with radio for 30 years almost, I know the people that are the experts, I know. right? So I'm, it's going to, we're going to get, oh, I'm going to need some help. We're going to, we're going to do this and I think it's going to be fun. And, uh, it, this is something you can document visually as well. Yes. Right. And Especially I, with social media. I tend to have high expectations, but I, I know this is absolutely going to be a learning process, but I saw a quote and I'm going to mess it up, but it was like the, the only way to get good at something is to be bad at it first. Sure. So it's like, if I don't try and learn by trial and error and learn through experience, it's the best way to learn. Right. So yeah. I, I don't, I know that it, there will be things that fail, right? There will be plants that, that don't make it. There will be vegetables. I never get to harvest, but the only way to get good at it is to try. Absolutely. I have a, a, a friend who lives in St. Peter, which is a town about 15 minutes from us that uh, lives even in a more urban environment than we do. And he built one of the uh, elevated yeah, yeah, gardens and he, it, with the soil and the way he combined it and he studied it and his stuff came, I mean, it is fantastic. And he, he started from scratch, literally had never done it before, just followed instructions he had read online yeah. And like year one, he was a super gardener. I was like, how did you do this? He did the square, right? Yeah. Like the square plots. Yep, I've yep. read a little bit about those and the raised beds. Yeah. Um, the doing like a compost pile and sure. how good that is for your soil. Really good. Plus it's just good for the environment because you're not throwing your banana peels and apple cores into the trash. You're actually right. putting them back into the, the earth and using them. Um, rain barrel. I just, I would right. just turn our backyard into like a little hippie paradise, <laughs> get a hammock and a yoga mat. You, you do realize that once <laughs> it's underway though, it, it does require tending. So it, it's work. Uh, yes. It is work. Yes. It's, it's something that you can enjoy and it's fulfilling. Exactly. Right. And, and that's kind of been my intent with this. It's like, it's, it's a hobby. It's good for the environment. It's good for the kids. There's just a lot of benefits to doing this. And I would even dare call it trendy right now. It is it a bit is, trendy. It is picking up. Yeah. It is a bit trendy, but I also think that some of the more doomsday documentaries I've seen that it may be important to know how to grow they're, your own food. They're telling people learn to grow and harvest your food. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a I'm good at doomsday prepper in right. me that's yeah. like, okay, after this, we learn how to can. <laughs> and uh, I love, I love fresh canned stuff. I always, when the farmer's market, when we approach fall and, and, and they're up, I always watch for that stuff. There was one woman that canned fresh vegetables. They were, I mean, it they was, were pickled. Yeah. Oh my God. So they were good. so good. And I went back every week and I would like clean her out. And, and then, then we started talking about her on the radio and she never came back to the farmer's market. And I think she thinks we were stalking She's like, those people are crazy and they're like, stalking please me. Please stop. Her name was Mary. But um, I wouldn't mind learning how to pickle. I, like I pickled loved, pick carrots and green yeah, beans. Right. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine having a, a some shelves downstairs in the basement, maybe back in the storage area. We don't actually have a root cellar in this house, but having a spot down there where we had shelves with fresh canned vegetables. It. I'd love it. That'd be fantastic. So this is something that we're 
we're going to do, right? We're going to do that this spring and summer. And uh, we're going it, to, it'll be fun to have you along. And we, by the way, if you are a gardener or if this is something you've tackled recently or you want to this year, we're open for any advice. Yes. You're, tips, if you're, if you're a like experienced tricks. gardener, you're probably laughing hysterically at me right now. And that's fine. That's fine. I do have very right. high aspirations. I know you do. It may not pan out quite like this, but I, 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 I'm, I'm confident because we know the right people. Yes. Right? I do, and we, I'm do, we don't know the right people. Certainly open to taking tips and advice. I think the biggest thing we're going to combat, and I'm not kidding, is our, our wildlife. That's where well, the I, greenhouse I came yeah, in. Yeah, because I can't even... the. The deer this time of year in January, it's an all day thing. They're out there in the morning, in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. They, they just, act like they own the place. They and come like, in. We can go outside and they're like, what's up? They stroll around on our patio, come up and sniff into our screen porch. They're out at the hot tub. They're everywhere. They are. And, and, and like, there's like a herd of them. And, I, and, I don't, and I'm like, I can't run them off. They don't, oh. so I don't know what to do. And they're the same way in the summer. If you have fresh gardens around here. Oh, yeah. They'll they just, be like, thank you. The combination Is of the squirrels. Organic? Yeah, the squirrels, the rabbits, and the deer. Look out. And we have an abundance of raccoons here as well and possum. And just, it's, it, it, and it sounds silly to some people I know to complain about that because it is silly, right? Because well, yeah, most people would love to have it. It's not a complaint. It's just, um, I guess, an obstacle that we'll have to overcome. It is. And that's why we looked at the the greenhouses, which I, this catalog is like insanely I th- cute. I think that's going to be, honestly, for the vegetables I, and herbs and stuff, I think that's going to be the key is something like that or. Uh, perhaps another way because a fence ain't going to do it. There's no, a no fence way. is not going to do it. There's so no way. I need to get uh, to drummers and ask them what they think because the greenhouse that I like is $12,000. Well, there you go. So I'm I sure. might need to scale her back just a bit <laughs> for the first year. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, <laughs> the crew up there, honestly, will, has the advice and certainly all the product as well. So on that note, it is happening. And if you are a gardener, and you're and and you're in your planning stages, or 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 you have any advice at all on how, how to do this? We'd love to hear from you. By the way, yeah, you can always us message up. us. Uh, a big thanks again as we head into our. It's crazy. I can't believe it. It's the middle of January now. I'm already kind of getting that. Once we turn over to February first, I think about spring. Oh yeah, I do. That it's it's okay. the first thing on my mind. Because we have plans. We, we have, do have plans. We have plans to set in motion for spring, so that's going to make it even more exciting. Speaking of outdoor plans, if you're going to need electricity or any of that stuff, I'm telling you, the guys at uh, Ryan's Electric and Ryan's Plumbing and Heating up in St. Peter, we talk about them all the time. Holly will be the one to answer the phone if you're doing home reno projects, if you're going to put a hot tub in, if you need extra outlets in the house, if you, if you need a drip, something as simple as a faucet that drips right simple things like that if you have a boiler that heats your home they are the people to call even if you're doing a build out and construction so we have a link for them on our website honestly one of the well over a hundred years family-owned people you can trust and count on ryan's plumbing and heating again link on our website georgeandjess.com i know a lot of people this time of year uh are thinking of freshening up their look that happens often as we start to get the spring fever and heat salon and lifestyle studio is um, 
unmatched if you are looking for uh, hair extensions. I, you know, I rave about mine. And I know when I got them taken out for a week and a half. You I felt naked, like a lost little puppy. Um, and that's just a fun way if you have thin, fine hair, if and you've always kind of lusted for that mermaid hair. Uh, bonded extensions are the way to go. They're really low maintenance, easy. They last for a long time and they're gorgeous. Um, they do those at heat. And then of course, just uh, blowouts. Um, if you're looking for just cut and color, things like that, treat yourself. And Give uh, yourself a fresh look as part of your midlife reinvention. And uh, Nicole's hot onto this health and wellness movement yes, as well. And I'm, I'm, so ex- some exciting things could maybe yeah, she has uh, the wellness, in the near future. The wellness boutique um, right in the front of the salon that you can visit anytime. You can also shop online, heatthestudio.com uh, and just lots of fun things coming in the new year as well. There so. is, yeah, some exciting stuff. So again, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any tips, tricks, anything, any advice, uh, what's happening with your... Uh, gardening skills in the middle of January. <laughs> you can message us uh, again and go to our website, georgeandjess.com. Have yourself a fantastic weekend and go Vikings.